Welcome to the Karis Christian Center podcast. Good things are happening. God is with us. Praise the Lord. Well, I started a message last week. I'm going to continue that message today called God of the Breakthrough. So if you want to turn to 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 17, we'll begin reading in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 17. We'll read through the end of the chapter. The setting of this is David has been king over Judah. For seven years, he's 37 years old. And he's just been made king over all of Israel. This is ultimately what God appointed him, God anointed him to do. And immediately after he is made king, the Philistines come, the enemies come to attack him. And David prays and he asks God, what do I do? And God says, go get him, for I'm with you. And he goes out and he wins, has a great victory. And then Guess what? They came again. Do you know the devil is persistent? If there's one thing, I mean, he'll come again. And so David, you know, he doesn't take this for granted. He goes to God again. He prays to God. God says, I want you to go this time, but I want you to go in a different way. I want you to circle around the back of them. I want you to go by the mulberry trees, and I want you to wait till you hear the sound of the wind. And when you hear the sound of the wind and the trees, and I want you to go because the Lord has gone out before you. Here's a good thing for life, for ministry, just, and for life in general. Don't get ahead of God. If you get ahead of God, you can't see God out there in front of you working. You can be behind God. You can be behind God because if you're behind God, you can see God out in front of you working. But if you you get ahead of God, you don't even know where God is. And you need to know where the Lord is. Now, the first point that I made last week, they were challenged at the point of their breakthrough. David had just broken through, right? He, He had just got in the place where God wanted him to be. And immediately after he gets in this place, this is ultimately what he's been appointed to do, anointed to do. He's been believing for years and years and years to get there. Finally, he arrives, and immediately he is attacked. Sometimes people think, well, why am I being attacked? Well, it may not be what you're doing wrong. It may be what you're doing right. It may be that you're in the right place at the right time doing the right thing, and that's why the devil's attacking you, right? Because... He doesn't want you to break through. He doesn't want you to go through. He he doesn't want you to get that healing. He doesn't want you to receive that financial miracle. He doesn't want you to receive that relational thing. He's trying to stop you because he knows if you get it, you're going to do damage to his kingdom. And so they were, Peter says it this way in 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 12. He says, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. So sometimes, you know, we're going through a fiery trial, but don't think it's strange. It could be that you're doing exactly what God called you to do, and you're, do, you're in the exact place that God called you to be. But he was challenged at the point of breakthrough. There's lots of examples in the Bible. Moses was challenged at the Red Sea before he led the children of Israel out. Right? Joshua was challenged at Jericho. Before he took the children of Israel in. 
Daniel was challenged at the lion's den before the king said, everybody's going to worship the God of Daniel. Jesus was challenged after he was baptized by John in the Jordan and the Spirit of God came and he was set forth in that place of ministry and he accepted that, that God called him to. Jesus was challenged there and was tempted in every area, but he overcame in every area. And he overcame by what? Speaking the word. And then it says he returned in the power of the Spirit. Paul was challenged at the island of Melita. And in every one of these challenges, they, they broke through. They got the victory. They moved into what God had for them. So just because you're ch challenged, don't, don't think it's strange. The second thing that we talked about is when this happened to David, what he did is, is he prayed. Let's, let's read these verses. But when David heard they had anointed, when the Philistines heard they anointed David king over Israel, the Philistines came up to seek David, and David heard of it. He went down to the stronghold. He began to seek God, and the Philistines came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim, and David inquired of the Lord. This is an act of humility. David's already been king for seven years at this point over Judah. Shall I go up to the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, go up, for doubtless I will deliver the Philistines into your hand. And David came to Belperazim. And David smote them there and said, The Lord has broken forth on my enemies before me as the breach of waters. Therefore, he called the name of that place Belperazim. The Lord has burst through my enemies like a bursting flood. And I got a picture of this like dam breaking and a wall of water coming. Hallelujah. Like a tidal wave of the glory of God. A tidal wave of the spirit of God moving. And no matter the fit the devil is trying to throw, it just overwhelms him and it just overcomes him and it just stops it. Amen. In fact, we talked about that scripture in Isaiah 59. Verse 19, it says, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord moves like a flood. We'll raise up a standard against him. Now, if we begin to look at this and begin to see what's happening in Isaiah 59, Isaiah 59 is actually a prophecy of Jesus. And what he's saying in Isaiah 59, he's talking about the sinful state of humanity. It's actually quoted in Romans chapter 3. When Paul's talking about the sinful state of man. And, and he's talking about that sinful state. And, and then he says in verse 16. He saw there was no man and wondered there was no intercessor. Therefore his arm. That's a prophecy of Jesus brought salvation. Unto him and his righteousness it sustained him. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate. And a helmet of salvation upon his head. And he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing. And was clad with zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, accordingly he will repay. Fury to his adversaries, repayment to his enemies, to the islands he will repay repayment. So then they will fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Right, just put the comma in a different place. Like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord. You get the picture? That's what David's talking about 
In 2 Samuel, the Lord has broken forth on my enemies like a bursting flood. A flood of the Spirit of God. A flood of the presence of God. A flood of of the thing. And, And he says, and the Redeemer shall come to Zion. And to to them who turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord. As for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit is on you, and my words have I put in your mouth. You shall not, they shall not depart out of your mouth, nor out of the mouth of your seed, nor out of the mouth of your seed, seed, saith the Lord, from this point forever. In other words, if you're going to receive it, you've got to believe it. Right, because Jesus has already won the victory. He's already conquered the, conquered the enemy. Right, he's already rose from the dead. He's already made victorious. He's already sent the Holy Spirit. But if you're going to receive what God wants to do in your life, it's important. I love the word the young lady gave today. It's so important that you believe it. Because if you don't believe it, even though Jesus already died and rose again to pay for it, already conquered the devil, already won the victory, already gave you the promise, and sent the Holy Spirit, if you don't believe it, you probably won't receive it. It takes faith to enter in to what grace has provided. Now, as we begin to look at this, the other thing that I talked about, when these Philistines came against David, did you know what? They lost. And when they came again, they lost again. You cannot fight God and win. And you know, so many people are trying to go to a place and do something and ask God to bless it. When ultimately, if you would find out what God wants you to do and go there and do what God says do, the blessing's already there. In fact, 21 years ago, we'd been pastoring in Kit Carson, Colorado. We'd been pastoring in Kit Carson, Colorado for 13 years. Larry and Carla Gifford came to our church. Carla, stand up. Carla was, is on the front row. Larry now works for me. He's our assistant pastor here at the church. But, but Carla gave me this word. In fact, it was probably about this month. But it was in the summer because I think we had announced it. But, but it was just a few months after this that we were moving to Colorado Springs to start a church. And Carla gave me a word. And she said, Pastor, do you know where God is for you? And I said, no. And she said, God is Colorado Springs in Colorado Springs. And he's waiting on you to get there. And when you get there, the blessing of God is already there for you. Amen? And we came here, and I'm telling you, it was very, we were challenged at the point of our breakthrough. It it was very challenging. It was very difficult in the natural. But at the same point in time, we could see the hand of God. And God has helped us and helped us and helped us and helped us. And he continues to help us. And you know what? We keep listening. It's so important that we keep listening. But you know, David was different than Saul in that David kept inquiring of the Lord. He kept going to the Lord. He kept saying, God, what do you want? Instead of trying to impose his own will and go his own way and do his own thing and do it his way, he said, God, what is your way? What is your will? What is your plan? What are your thoughts? And you can see it in this scripture, you know, so clearly. But there's a great example of this in Acts chapter 5, if you turn over there with me. And, And we'll start reading in verse 34. The apostles were having great victory. Many people were coming to Christ. Thousands of people were being saved, healed, filled with the Holy Ghost, set free by the power of God. The Jewish leaders got concerned because Jesus and and the followers of Jesus now, 
His followers were increasing so fast that their authority was threatened. Gamaliel, who actually was a Pharisee, one of the doctors of the law, who had taught Saul, who became Paul, right, the apostle. Gamaliel stood up in the council, it says in verse 34, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law. He had a reputation among the people and commanded to put the apostles out for a little bit. And he said to them, you men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do as touching these men. For before these days there rose up Thutis, boasting himself to be somebody to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves, who was slain. And all and as many as obeyed him, they, they were scattered and brought to nothing. I'll tell you what, there's been some people that have stood up and done their own thing. Got it. They're, they're not appointed, they're not anointed, they're not nothing. And they're trying to be something that, and I'm telling you, they all come to nothing. But, but he said, just don't worry about it, guys. Right? They, they were brought to nothing. And he says, after these days... In verse 37, there rose up Judas of Galilee in the days of taxing and drew away many people after him. He also perished, and all, as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men, and let them alone. For if this counsel or work be of men, it will come to nothing. If this just is man's doing, you, you, you know what? It's, it's going to end. It's going to stop. It's not going to amount to anything anyway. I wish people would look for the hand of God. Because sometimes these people go out and do their own thing for a little while, but then it all comes to nothing. Because it's not God's work and it's not God's plan and they're not doing what God's anointed and appointed them to do. They're just being a bunch of rebels. And, and, and he says this, but he says, if it be of God, in verse 39, you cannot overthrow it, lest happily you be found even to fight against God. You cannot fight God and win. And if God's in something, you know what? What? You, we need to find out what God wants us to do, where God wants us to go, right? And timing, right? Positioning is important. And timing is also very, you can be doing the right thing and do it at the wrong time. And you can make a huge mess out of everything. And, and, and so he kind of says here, don't fight God. And they agreed with him. When they called the apostles, they beat them and they commanded them that they should not speak in the name of Jesus. Something about the name of Jesus. Right? Especially when you say, Jesus is Lord. You know? I, I put up these songs, signs in, in the community for years. Celebrate Jesus. Experience Jesus. Nobody complain. But I put up this billboard years and years ago. Right on I-25, Jesus is Lord. And the phone started ringing. Because there's something about when you say Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Then a few years later, I started putting them on bus benches. And I said, celebrate Jesus, experience Jesus. And then it was 2016. It was election year. So I just put Jesus is Lord. And I put it on a bunch of bus benches, a bunch of buses. I didn't, you know what? I never had any complaints about celebrate Jesus, about experience Jesus. But when we put Jesus is Lord, something about Jesus is Lord. So the, the person that was selling the space for the city came in the end of June. And I just got kicked off the church channel in May because I'm not hip enough. <laughs> 
I'm not Hillsong enough, you know? I don't have my holy jeans and whatever. I, I don't know what they want. I'm supposed to be a king and reign like a king. And if you got holy jeans, Jesus loves you and I do too. I don't care. I buy these real nice good jeans. No holes in them. Don't look like I rolled around under the tractor in dirt and oil and... $14, and these, these people come in, Pastor, we got these jeans. We got a good deal. They got holes all over. $100. You, you paid $100? I love you. I, I better quit. I'll be in trouble. I was preaching on grace one time, and I started preaching on this, and my son Andrew was sitting on the front row. I mean, this is years ago. He said, Daddy. What are you preaching about? <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway, I don't know how I got off on that. Praise God. I love you. Praise God. There's a lot of things I've said. You just have to for, forgive my raising. My raisin. Okay. What's that? Oh, I was talking about bus benches. So anyway, in May, they, they kicked me off. They did kick me off the, the church channel. And they said, you know, I wasn't hip enough or whatever because Hillsong was buying it and they didn't like me because I, I didn't look young enough or whatever. Didn't, I don't know. So anyway, I, I, I got the opportunity. They said, hey, Daystar would like to have you maybe. And so we prayed about it. God, do you want us to go on Daystar? Costs a lot more money and whatever. But anyway, somebody else was looking at the time. I said, if they want it, give it to them. I don't care. We only have one spot that would fit what we do. Anyway, they, they contacted me the next week. Those people didn't take it. I prayed and the Lord said, take it. I said, okay, I'll take that spot. And so they, they put me on there, you know, and, and, and we were going to start July 1st, the last week of June, the city people walked in and, and they said, and, and inevitably on, on our staff meeting on Monday, we just talked about taking down Jesus as Lord and put up something about experience and grace or whatever, but we were going to wait till after the election. But the city person, she walks in and she comes in my office and she she says, you can't anymore use the name of Jesus on your bus benches, on your advertisement, because that's hate speech. <laughs> hate speech? Really? She walks out. <laughs> and, and I said, listen, I, who, who said that? Where did that come from? I'm going to talk to them. This is wrong. I mean... She walks out. Mike Peterson was my assistant then. He was, you know, he lost his legs and his eyesight in Vietnam. He was my first employee. Worked for me 12 years. Phenomenal employee. Worked for me for 12 years. But, but Mike said, here's the number for the mayor. <laughs> he lost that for the cause of freedom. And we're not, go this ain't going down. I just said, this is not right. So they called down there. They came back Wednesday. said, yeah, that's right. They're not going to let you use the name of Jesus. Of course, you see it all over right now. So you know what the end was. But, but anyway... Then Thursday, they said, well, you know, it came down from this person. I said, no, it can't be that person. I've talked to them. I know they're favorable. And then it came down, it came to the city attorney. So Friday is my day off. So Friday morning, I got up and I wrote a letter and I sent it to every one of our city council members. And then I, met, I sent it to the mayor and I called every city council member and I called the mayor. And then when I got done with that, I, I wrote another letter that I was going to give out to the congregation and I was going to give that out on Sunday, and I was going to go to the media on Monday. And then 
I called the radio station. I said, I need some help right now. I need to call the Christian community together. And they said, listen, you can give $1,000 to feed the hungry. And that's a great ministry that I support and I've supported in the past. And we'll give you like 50 ads for the week. I said, that's fantastic. I'll take it. I went over and recorded that. This is all in the morning. I had the girls printing up the things. And, and then I took Barbara to lunch at Texas Roadhouse. I mean, I've been going at it. And we were sitting down at Texas Roadhouse on 8th Street and my cell phone rang. And it's the lady, what's, what's that libertarian paper in town? Independent. The Independent. The lady from the Independent, she called me. She said, I would like to run your article. I said, well, I wasn't going to turn it to the media till Monday, but if you will say exactly what I tell you, then you can run my article. She said, I'll say exactly what you tell me. I said, okay, then you give it to me. She did. And so... I decided, well, since she got it, I might as well call ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox, all the local stations. <laughs> so I called them all in the afternoon, and they said, we'll come film you. And about between 2 and 4, they showed up and filmed me. It went on the 10 o'clock news. Fox didn't come. ABC, NBC, CBS came. Fox local didn't come. They were here to criticize me in the pandemic for opening my doors. But Fox National picked it up, and it went nationwide overnight. And by Monday, the city was crying. <laughs> How many people do you have in your church? Would you, would you please retreat? <laughs> and within one week, they made a decision. Well, the, the results of that sign, Dr. Weiss told me, he said, Pastor, you just made the name of Jesus big. I mean, Franklin Graham got this and sent it out to his advertiser. It, it went on the Washington Post. It went everywhere. But the result of that was our income went up 25% a quarter for four quarters, and it never went down, and it paid for Daystar. And we were on Daystar for five years, and then the Lord said, go off. So we went off. Hallelujah. Do what God says, right? You do what God says you do. When God says to do it, you obey God. And it's very important, right, not to be ahead of him, not to be behind him, but to be, you know, and it's better to be behind than ahead because if you're ahead, you don't even know where he's at. But God blessed us and God helped us, but you cannot fight God and win. Who's on the Lord's side? It's like Elijah. If you're on the Lord's side, okay, the God that answers by fire, he's God. We're going to let God be God. And you need to let God be God and quit trying to play God. You know, I love this scripture. I prayed this scripture, and this scripture is so powerful. It's in Job 23, verse 14. It says, for he performs the things appointed for me. Some of you are in a transitional point, right? And you're trying to get in the next area. You don't know quite how to get there. But I'm telling you, you pray this scripture. It works. He performs the thing appointed for me, and many such things are with him. Say it with me. He performs the things appointed for me. And many such things are with him. Yeah, he, he does it. See, you can't fight God with So you need to find out what God's doing. Get involved in it. And it's just like Carla told me. You need to go to Colorado Springs because God's already there and he's waiting on you. Hallelujah. Amen. And some of you, it's like that. There's a place God wants you to go. There's a thing God wants you to do. And you need to get with the program. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. God brought Larry and Carla here. It was amazing. It shocked me. You know, years ago, we prayed for them. We believed God with them. 
in their finances. God turned it around while they're in Eads. And then they, how old were you when you moved here? You sold your house in Eads, Colorado, and moved to Colorado Springs to buy a house? Wow, what faith that took. But God's going to bless you over and over. You ain't seen nothing yet. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's so good. But you can't fight God and win. The next thing, as we looked at this, if we go back to 2 Samuel, I want you to see this. In verse 21, and there they left their images, their idols, and David and his men burned them. If you're going to move in to the place that God wants you to move into, if you're going to possess your promised land, you need to get rid of demonic attachments. And some of you are holding on to some things that you just need to let go of. And I'm telling you, it is everywhere in our society. I am shocked. The other day, I sat down with my grandkids to flip on a Disney thing on the internet. And it looks innocent. And they are worshiping their ancestors. And they're teaching this freely. (laughs) We need to get rid of demonic attachments. No matter what form they come in. You know, the Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It says, lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets you. And look unto Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God. For consider him who endured such a contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied in your mind. And you have not resisted to blood, striving against sin. Listen, just stay out of sin. (laughs) A few years ago, we had Jesse Duplantis after he preached here, and I had a couple of my minister friends. They're here today, and we're in the back room, and one of them says, how can we make it? How can we go long-term? And Jesse said, don't sin. <laughs> just stay out of sin. There's good things happen when you just stay out of sin. And the things, what? So sometimes it's not the big things. Sometimes it's the little foxes that spoil the vines. Praise God. You know, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 and 25, he says, if any man follow me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For he who will love his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake and the gospels shall find. It's it's not our way. It's his way. It's not our plan. It's his plan. Jesus, whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go. You know, there's another aspect. The Bible says this in James chapter four. Turn with me to James chapter four. Let's read verses six through verse 8. It says, but he gives more grace. Everybody say, more grace. More grace. Wherefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. You can say David's humility. He's already been king for seven years. He prays, God, what do I do about this situation? God says, go up, you're going to win. He, he goes, wins the victory, right? Burns their idols, and then they come again. He prays again. It's okay to pray again. And he says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You know, some people resist the devil, but if you don't submit to God first, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. He says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Right? Get involved doing what God wants you to do. Stay out of sin. Live in humility. 
I'm, I'm amazed sometimes at the absolute arrogance of people. I'm amazed at how important they think that we are. You know what? It's not us. It's Jesus. You know, Jesus, John said this about Jesus. He said, he must increase and I must decrease. You know, deny ourselves, take up our cross and fight. Jesus, what do you want me to do? Whatever you want me to do. When we moved here to come to Colorado Springs, I'm telling you, we were challenged. It was difficult. I remember one time, you know, we had to go to, I put 50% down on my house and bought a fixer-upper, and I had to go to six banks before I found a banker who would loan me the money. My kids went down and used the computer at the library for school. That's just where we were at. But you know what? We believe God. And he helped us. And he blessed us. It wasn't like we were blessed. We were blessed before. But you know, you need to just keep doing what God wants you to do. I remember one day walking and, you know, looking at the dog food store. And minimum wage isn't what it was today. They were paying $9 an hour for a midnight shift. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to do whatever Jesus calls me to do. But if I have to get a job here at the dog food store and carry dog food at night, I'm going to make sure that my family is taken care of. Because God is my first priority, but my family is my first responsibility. Now, the good news is God provided for me, and I never had to go to the dog food store and carry dog food for $9 an hour. Amen? God took care of me wonderfully, and he's taken care of us very, very well. And he continues to take care of us very, very well. But that, that was just living reality of where we were at at that point. Amen? But you know what? You just got to keep believing God and keep going for it. Keep doing what God told you to do. Realize where I came from. You know, I, I was in a place, I had my house paid off, my car paid off, my feedlot paid off. I was making a good salary at the church. I was thinking, you know what? All I really need to do is, is, is get my kids to college, pay for that, and then get me a retirement. And Andrew Womack came and preached for me. He said, some of you thinking like this. I got my house paid off. I got my car paid off. I got my business paid off. And all I got to do, and he, you know what? He, he read my mail. <laughs> he didn't give that to me. He's preaching to the whole church. And I, I'm thinking, he's talking to me. He said, the problem with this kind of thinking is it's all about you. And again, the gospel's not about you. It's about Jesus. We need to do what Jesus wants us to do. So we basically came here and started over, but God's helped us and he's been with us the whole way. And he keeps helping us and he's continuing to help us and he's going to continue more and more. We keep just trying to follow. Follow. Jesus said, follow me. We keep trying to follow him. Not once. Not take up our cross and deny ourselves. Not once. And in Luke chapter 9, he said, Jesus said, except you deny yourself and take up your cross daily and follow me. It's a daily thing. It has to happen. And so, you know what? We need to get rid of demonic attachments. We need to submit ourselves to God. We need to put away every sin and even the little things because it's the little foxes that spoil the vines. We need to beware of covetousness. Colossians 3 verse 5 says this. It says, covetousness is idolatry. Watch out for the love of money. Money is not evil. God wants to bless you. God wants to prosper you. Right? Proverbs 10, says, it's the blessing of the Lord that makes rich. Psalm 35, verse 27 says, the Lord delights in the prosperity of his servant. 
Philippians 4 verse 19 says, My God supplies all of our needs according to his riches in glory. 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. But at the same point in time, the Bible says, Watch out for the love of money. And he says, Because some have coveted after, right, in 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 10, and pierced them through with many hurtful problems. So guard against the love of money. Right? Keep the right attitude towards money. Get rid of demonic attachments. Amen? But the last thing is we need to keep listening to the Holy Spirit. If we go back to 2 Samuel chapter 5, again, what David inquired of the Lord again. Keep listening to the Holy Spirit. And he said in verse 23, the Philistines came again. What? If there's one thing about the devil, he's persistent. He'll come again. He'll try again. You won that victory once, but he'll try <laughs> And David inquired of the Lord, and he said, don't go up, but fetch a compass and come around, right? Position's important from the backside. And, and go over against the mulberry trees and let it be. When you hear the sound, keep listening. When you hear the sound, in the tops of going forth of the mulberry trees, then you'll bestir yourself, for then you know that the Lord shall go out before you to smite the host of the fields. You've been trying to get a victory, but you've been trying in your own strength. You've been trying in your own power. You've done everything you can do. It's like that woman that they brought to, that came to Jesus. She had been to the physicians. She had spent all her money, and she wasn't any better, and she nothing but grew worse. But when she hit, heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind him, and she pressed and through the crowd, and she said, if I could just touch him, if I could just touch him, if I could just touch him. And she touched him, and Jesus felt the, the virtue. He felt the goodness and the power of God flow out of him, the grace and the power. Did you know what great graces release, great powers release where great grace is preached? And he looked around, and he said, who touched me? And they said, Master, the crowd is thronging in you, and say, who touched me? But see, the touch of faith is different. The touch of faith is different. She had been everywhere. She had done everything. She had spent everything. She wasn't any better, but rather grew worse. But when she touched Jesus, that day something happened. That day something happened that was different. I have a man in this church that's very close to me. He was dying of cancer. The doctor said there was nothing that they could do. We had prayed. We had believed. We stood. It was the end of October last year. His wife texted me on a Monday night, can you pray? I said, Barbara, I got to go now. I got to go now. I went to his house and I sat on his couch and I reached my hand around him. He had prostate cancer that got in his bones and he had tumors growing out of his back, growing out of his spine. I didn't know this at the time, but when I reached my hand around him, it was right where those tumors were growing out of his spine. And I, I did nothing but pray in the Holy Ghost for about a half hour. I just sat on his couch and just prayed. 
He was on the heaviest pain medication. He was on all this nausea medicine. That day, he couldn't keep any food down even though he was on all this medication. The pain was severe. But after I left, he laid down and slept for an hour and a half, got up and ate. The pain subsided. The next day, he didn't take any nausea medicine. He took less than half of the pain medication. He ate all three meals. His PSA has went from over 800 to less than 28, and it's still going down. He's getting ready to go celebrate his 52nd anniversary or something, 51st or 2nd. Driving all across the United States. He told me a while back, he said, Pastor, you don't know how close to death I was. But I'm telling you, Jesus, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But you need to keep praying. You know, the Bible says this. In Colossians 4, verse 2, it says, continue in prayer and watching the same with thanksgiving. We talked about George Mueller last week. He kept a, 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 a thing of his prayers, a journal. He ran an orphanage in the UK years and years ago. He vowed that he would never ask a man for anything. Sometimes he would sit down with hundreds of orphans and there was no food and they would pray and they would come and knock at the door and somebody brought food and fed them. He recorded in his life over 55,000 answers to prayer. It's amazing how God hears. God answers. Continue in prayer and watch in the same I challenge you, get a journal and write down your prayers and look back after 30 days and 60, see what God has done. Our God is an awesome God. He answers our prayer. Monday, I told my staff, give me, if you can give me some of those speakers for 50%, they said they're $140,000 new. I said, if you can get them for $70,000, I'll buy them. And they just told me yesterday, or today, I don't know. We found some for $68,000. I said, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So we want to make it so the young people like the sound. Well, I'm telling you, the young people and the young at heart really like the sound. Even some of my old people said, that pastor, that was really good. <laughs> Even some of the ones that complain about it being too loud said, pastor, that was really good sound. I mean, you could feel it. <laughs> Jesus I said I could use some speakers like that hallelujah oh, it's all worth it to worship our King Jesus amen he answers he hears your prayers he answers your prayer the Bible says this in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 16 it says, rejoice evermore. Verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. 
Always be praying. They asked Smith Wigglesworth. He raised at least three people from the dead. How often, they said, how long do you pray? He said, well, I generally never pray over five minutes. But I generally never go over five minutes without praying. Pray without ceasing. He said, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God. Keep listening to the Holy Ghost. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And the Lord said, go over by the mulberry trees. And when you hear the sound, when you hear the sound. I want to read some scriptures from Psalm 29. It's talking about the voice of the Lord. Psalm 29, we'll begin in verse 3. I'm just going to read about four scriptures from Psalm 29. It says, the voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is upon many waters. The Lord broke through my enemies like a bursting flood. (laughs) Verse 7 says, The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. Acts chapter 2 verse 2, talking about the apostles. Jesus said, tarry in Jerusalem till you receive power on high. They were with one in one place and they were with one accord. And they heard, as it were, the sound, the sound of a rushing, mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there sat upon them forked tongues like as of fire. And they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Verse 10 says this. The voice of the Lord sits on the flood. Yea, the Lord sits king forever. I see a flood. I see a flood of the Spirit that is coming, that is so big that nothing the devil can do will even mean anything. It's going to wipe it out. It's so big. God said in the last days I'm going to pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Your old men are going to see visions. Your dream dreams. Your young men are going to see visions. And my servants and my handmaidens I'll pour out of my spirit, says the Lord. We're in that day. Listen, I don't know about you, but I've read the end of the book. And we win. And the church is not going out of some weak little wimp. The church is going out in victory. The church is going out in power. The church is going out with all of the fivefold ministry, with apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers, and with all the manifestations of the Spirit, with the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge and the discerning of spirits and the gift of faith and the working of miracles and the gifts of healing and the gift of prophecy and the gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. The church came in in glory, and the church is going out in glory. And there's nothing the devil can do to stop it. So my conclusion is really simple. There's a lot. You look at the word sound. Amen. Elijah prayed. And he told the king. He told King Ahab a few years early. He said, King Ahab, it ain't going to rain till I say so. And then he went and hid himself by the brook Cherith. God said, go hide yourself. And the birds came and brought him breakfast and brought him supper every day. Bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. It came past after a while. The brook dried up. And the voice of the Lord said, go over to Zarephath. I've commanded a widow woman 
to feed you there. He went over to Zarephath and, and this, he, he went to the widow's house. He said, he said what are you going to do? She said, listen, I got just a little bit of meal in a barrel. I got just a little oil in a jar and, and I'm going to go cook a cake for me and a cake for my son and we're going to eat it and die. He said, feed me first. The audacity of that prophet. And that barrel of meal will not waste and that jar of oil will not fail until God sends rain in Israel. And they ate of that every day. They went and opened that barrel and there was meal for that day. And they opened that jar and there was oil for that day. And they ate many days. But then God said, it's time. So he went up to the mountain and he prayed seven times. He sent his servant every time. Go look, go look, go look, go look over the sea. Go look, what do you see? Nothing, 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 nothing. Six times. Seven times. I just see a little cloud like a man's head. He said, you better get out of here because it's going to rain. He went until they have, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. You better get your chariot and run, baby, run. Because the rain is coming. 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 I hear the sound. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. I hear the sound. Joshua said, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, you shout with a great shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Shout, because God has given you this city. What's your prayer, Pastor Lawson? Give me Colorado Springs. That's my prayer. Give me Colorado Springs. Jesus, I want Colorado Springs. I want this city. And I hear the sound. I hear the sound. I hear the sound. A few years ago, Barbara and I went to Tommy Barnett's church in Phoenix, Arizona on a Wednesday night. We were on vacation. And Tommy Barnett happened to preach. His son, Luke, now is the pastor. But I went up. I was in blue jeans. It was a Wednesday night. I was a long ways back in the crowd. I wanted Tommy to pray for me. He saw me back about that far. He said, come up here. Listen, I've only heard him preach like one time before. Come up here. He said, what do you want? I said, I want Colorado Springs. He said, Colorado Springs has seen religion. But he said, Colorado Springs hasn't seen the power of God. And he said, I'll tell you what you need to reach Colorado Springs. You need the power of God. And I believe that we're going to reach Colorado Springs with the power of of the Holy Spirit. Just like the book of Acts. I hear the sound. Can I read you one more scripture? Psalm 89 verse 15. We'll close with this one. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. It's a joyful sound. It's a joyful sound. Blessed is that people. Amen. Are you listening for the sound of his voice? Are you listening 
for the sound of his spirit. Amen? Because great things come to those who obey him. Thank you for listening to the Karis Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www.karischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.